You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Today's episode being brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Today is Tuesday, August 3rd. The NBA free agency, wild, out of control, just like it is every year. And of course, if you were paying attention, multiple zags were affected on day one of the chaos on Monday. And we'll get to those in just a minute. Today on the show, we are going to continue our two series that we're doing in the month of August. We're going to hop into the time machine and we're going to look back at the 2001 Gonzaga Bulldogs who went to the Sweet 16 for the third straight season. Then we're going to finish the show with our Path to Playing Time series and we're back onto the women's side today. We're talking about Sierra Walker, Gonzaga's sharp shooting off guard. Before we get to those two things, let's talk about all things Zags in the NBA. The two biggest signings in free agency in Gonzaga's world were Kelly Olynyk and Zach Collins. Kelly Olynyk signed to a three-year, $37 million deal with the Detroit Pistons. We mentioned yesterday on the show that Detroit was rumored to be the favorite to land Kelly Olynyk, and that is, in fact, what happened. Kelly Olynyk goes to Detroit about 15 minutes into uh, the free agency period, and it's an interesting spot for him. We've got some decent young talent. Obviously, they just drafted Kate Cunningham, number one overall, but they've also got Killian Hayes. Uh, they've got Isaiah Stewart. So they've got a lot of young talent, and they can use Kelly Olynyk's veteran leadership to hopefully lead them into a, a better spot as a franchise. So three years, $37 million for Kelly Olynyk. Shout out to him. And then Zach Hollins quickly got scooped up, and he got scooped up by the San Antonio Spurs. Three years, $22 million. The Blazers decided not to bring back Zach Collins after his rookie deal. And San Antonio will now have Zach Collins on their roster. Three years, $22 million. And I wasn't sure that Zach Collins would net $22 million with all of his injuries, but the Spurs are going to take a chance on him. He's still only, what is he, 22, maybe 23 years old. I mean, he's still super, super young. And if he gets healthy, he still has a lot of years left in him in the NBA. So first and foremost, above anything else, uh, is, is wishing Zach Collins well in his recovery, and hopefully he can get healthy and prove that he is an NBA-worthy player once again. The other thing to talk about Zags in the NBA is the Summer League, which starts tonight. Let's talk about the guys playing tonight, and uh, we're going to talk about Joel Ayayi first. There's a California Classic going on um, starting tonight, and Joel Ayayi is playing in it, and he's obviously playing for the LA Lakers. He's on their Summer League team, along with one of his teammates is Yoli Childs, former BYU forward Yoli Childs, teaming up with Joel Ayayi to play for the Los Angeles Lakers in Summer League. Like I said, they're part of the California Classic, and so they're going to play two games tonight and tomorrow before they head to Las Vegas and play in the Las Vegas Summer League. So they're playing Miami tonight, and then they're going to play Sacramento tomorrow night before going to Vegas and playing game one of their Vegas Summer League on Sunday. Sacramento, one of the teams that Joel Ayayi is playing uh, tomorrow, has Jonathan Williams III on their roster uh, for Summer League. So shout out to Jonathan Williams III. Uh, He's been kind of in and out of the NBA for the last three or four seasons. He spent some time with the uh, Lakers. He spent some time with the Wizards. And now he's going to be on the Kings Summer League roster. They are playing the Warriors tonight. And then, like I said, they're going to play the Lakers tomorrow. And then the other Summer League that starts tonight is the Salt Lake Summer League. 
What happens in Salt Lake Summer League uh, this season is that there's two versions of the Utah Jazz roster, and then there's two other teams that will be representing. And one of those teams is the San Antonio Spurs, and the other team is the Memphis Grizzlies. The San Antonio Spurs has Zach Norbell on their roster. Uh, and they're going to play one of Utah's two teams tonight. And then Friday, they're going to play against Memphis. And Memphis has Killian Tilly on their team. Killian Tilly was offered a uh, qualifying offer by the Memphis Grizzlies to keep him on their roster. So he is going to play for uh, the Grizzlies in their summer league team. So we're going to get Zach Norvell versus Killian Tilly Friday night in the Utah Summer League. And then both of those teams are going to go play in Las Vegas starting this weekend. The other three players that are going to be playing in Las Vegas starting either Sunday or Monday, obviously the three players that got drafted in the NBA. Jalen Suggs going to play for Orlando. He's going to be joined on that roster by former Santa Clara and uh, USC guard Taj Eady. They're going to play Golden State in their first game Monday night in Las Vegas. Corey Kispert also playing in the summer league with the Washington Wizards, of course. They're going to play Sunday night in their first game. I believe, technically, Rui Hachimura is still eligible to play in the Summer League, but of course, um, he just got back from the Olympics. He might still be in Japan, so there's no chance he's going to be playing in the Summer League this year. So it's just going to be Corey Kisper playing for the Wizards Summer League. Like I said, their first game is going to be Sunday night in Las Vegas. And then Philip Petrushev is going to play with the Philadelphia 76ers in the Summer League. There are some questions on whether or not he would be in the United States and eligible to uh, eligible to play in the Summer League or whether they would just keep him over there and stash him the whole time. Uh, it sounds like they are going to have him uh, compete in the Summer League. He is on the roster, and there's really only true uh, two true big men on the Sixers Summer League roster. The only other one is Charles Bassey. So, Philip Petrushev, a very, very good chance to actually get some decent playing time in the Summer League. Of course, as all these Summer League games go on over the next couple of weeks, we will update you here on the podcast. But for tonight, you can watch four different players play. Joel Ayai taking on Miami. Jonathan Williams III taking on the Warriors. And then Zach Norvell and Killian Tilly, both in action tonight as well in the Salt Lake Summer League. Okay, coming up, we reminisce on the 2001 Gonzaga Bulldogs. They had a very large roster overhaul from that veteran-laden 2000 squad, but still they advanced back to the Sweet 16 for the third straight season anyway. So we're going to go through their season, and we're going to look back on that classic first-round NCAA tournament game against Virginia. Before we get there, today's episode being sponsored by Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and football season is right around the corner, so it's the perfect time to get in on the fun. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, college football, the NFL, and of course, all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online in your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts use promo code locked on. Okay, so the 2000 2001 Gonzaga Bulldogs had quite the roster overhaul because there were a lot of seniors on that 1999 2000 team. Of course, Richie Fromm, Matt Santangelo, the two main ones, but they also had a lot of really good role players. Axel Dench started a ton of games for them. Ryan Floyd was awesome off the bench. Mike Nielsen, glue guy. So they had to replace all of them, and they replaced them with a lot of really, really talented players. Of course, this is Casey Calvary's senior year, uh, along with Mark Spink, but they 
brought in three different transfers. Alex Hernandez, Anthony Reason, the two kind of lesser known role players. But of course, they brought in Dan Dickow from the University of Washington, and he was the main transfer. And then, of course, they had a fantastic freshman class led by Blake Stepp, but they also had in that freshman class Kyle Bankhead and Corey Violet. So they entered the season with, uh, I guess, a little bit lower national expectations because of all the players that left. Their non-conference schedule, they actually did not fare super, super well. They uh, won the first three games, and then they ended up losing at Arizona, um, 101-87. to That was the Arizona team that went all the way to the national championship that year. They bounced back with a win over a really bad University of Washington team. So I'm sure that was a sweet feeling for Dan Dickow, knowing that he's at the much better school now. And then uh, they lost a few more games after that. They lost at Boise State. They lost at Florida. They lost at Green Bay. They lost to New Mexico. Um, they were just they're kind of all over the place in the non-conference schedule, and that led to the coaches picking them third in the WCC. They entered the WCC being picked third uh, because a lot of people thought that they would have a down season. Turns out they did not have a down season. They finished thirteen and one in the WCC with their only loss coming the second to last game of the season at Santa Clara. But because of their weak non-conference schedule, they had to win the WCC tournament in order to get to the NCAA tournament. And just like the 2000 team, they ran into a very, very close uh, conference championship game. This time it was with Santa Clara and they held off Santa Clara, a three point barrage from Santa Clara at the end of that thing. And they won that game 80 to 77 to get into the NCAA tournament. Dan Dickow in that uh, WCC championship scored 19 of his 25 points in the second half. They had taken a fairly sizable lead in the second half, but Santa Clara hit a bunch of threes uh, and cut the lead to one in the final minute before Gonzaga was able to ice the game with free throws. So they entered the NCAA tournament as a number 12 seed, and they beat Virginia in an all-time classic, 86-85. to The full game is still on YouTube. You should go back and watch it. Uh, really, really interesting uh, to watch, you know, early 2000s Gonzaga and how good Dan Dickow was, how good Blake Stepp was, and how much of a monster Casey Calvary was um, for Gonzaga back in the day. But this game uh, was actually highlighted by an incredible bench performance from Alex Hernandez. The kid played the game of his life, had 15 points, four rebounds, and four steals off the bench for Gonzaga. Uh, he was the unsung hero of that game. Of course, Dan Dickow was Phenomenal. He had 29 points and five assists, and he was going head-to-head with Roger Mason the entire game. Uh, Roger Mason finished with 30 points. In that game, if you remember, Virginia was actually up by a point with 20 seconds to go and was at the line shooting a free throw, and they missed with a chance to go up by two. So Gonzaga could have taken the last shot. Instead, Dan Dickow drove with about 10 seconds left. He got blocked at the rim, and luckily for Gonzaga, Casey Calvary is standing right there. The ball lands right in his arms. He uh, puts a ball back up and in with about eight seconds to go to give Gonzaga a one-point lead. Virginia comes back down and misses a shot at the buzzer. And this is the uh, infamous forget about Cinderella. Gonzaga proves once again they are legit. One of the best calls uh, of Ian Eagle's young career. And a shout-out to our guys over at Free Hour Brown for using it in their intro music. Gonzaga will go on to the second round after that and they got a little bit lucky because Indiana State who was the 13 seed upset fourth seed at Oklahoma so Gonzaga the 12 seed got to face 13 seed Indiana State and they blew the doors off of them in the second half they were actually down five at halftime of that game but they came out and scored 53 points in the second half of that game 
And they only made four threes in that game. They were 26 for 41 inside the arc, a 64%. They got Casey Calvary involved early and often. He led the team with 24 points and seven rebounds. Uh, Dan Dicka added 20. Zach Gord added 15. And again, Alex Hernandez off the bench. What an incredible NCAA tournament for Alex Hernandez. He had 12 points and eight rebounds in that second round game. And then, of course, they ran into a buzzsaw in Michigan State. Michigan State was... Uh, one of the best teams in college basketball that year. They made it to the uh, Final Four. They had a young Jason Richardson and Zach Randolph, two future professional players alongside a senior Charlie Bell. They were really, really good and stifled Gonzaga from inside the arc. Gonzaga went 9 for 22 um, from distance, but they held Casey Calvary in check along with the rest of the roster. Gonzaga shot 13 for 36 inside the arc. Uh, Michigan's uh, quickness and size definitely affected Gonzaga in that game. Michigan State ended up winning 77-62, to ending Gonzaga's season in the Sweet 16. So Gonzaga makes the Sweet 16 three years in a row. And, uh, you know, this was a season where, you know, the expectations weren't as high as they were a season ago, at least externally. Internally, I think Gonzaga knew that they had some really, really good pieces. It would just take some time to, you know, kind of gel those pieces together. And that's exactly what happened. They'd won 18 of their last 19 games leading into the NCAA tournament once they got into uh, late uh, non-conference and then into conference play. So they clearly gelled together by the end of the season. And of course, they made another magical run in the NCAA tournament. I'll talk about their style of play just like I did uh, yesterday with the 2000 team. And it was actually fairly similar. They started playing a lot more through their bigs. There was a lot of high-low, a lot of stuff to get Casey Calvary involved. But they started to do a lot more, um, you know, looking for one specific player uh, in terms of Dan Dickow. They isolated him a lot. They, you know, Gonzaga's actions in the early 2000s were all predicated off of pin-down screens. Like, everything that they initiated was through pin-down screens, whether it was to get into flex, whether it was floppy action. They did some UCLA stuff later on in the 2000s, but everything um, was based off of screens off the ball. And Dan Dickow, just like the guards that came before him at Gonzaga, was just unbelievably good at setting his man up and finding a way to get open. And he hit open threes. He hit contested threes. Uh, Mark Few gave him the green light to go ahead and go one-on-one isolation a lot. They started setting a few more ball screens for him than they did for Matt Santangelo. Uh, But the whole team really was, or the whole offensive system, I should say, was predicated uh, around Casey Calvary and Dan Dickow. Of course, they did still run a lot of flex. And, you know, they still ran a lot of flex basically until uh, Adam Morrison showed up and they started running a little bit uh, of a different thing with flex as a secondary offense. But a lot of flex, a lot of pin downs, a lot of isolations for Casey Calvary and Dan Dickow, uh, but a, a really fun team to watch. If you can go back on YouTube and find the uh, 2001 NCAA tournament game against Virginia, I highly, highly recommend. Back and forth game the entire time. Gonzaga took about a 10-point lead. Virginia came back, uh, made it a one-possession game, and then, of course, the uh, frenetic finish with Virginia having a lead, missing a free throw, Dickow getting blocked, Casey Calvary with the tip-in. Really one of the more underrated games in Gonzaga history. Okay, that's going to do it for today's trip down memory lane. Of course, tomorrow we're going to talk about the 2002 Gonzaga Bulldogs, Dan Dickow's senior year, uh, who had probably one of the most um, unfortunate missed seedings in NCAA tournament history. Coming up to finish the show today, we are talking about Sierra Walker, Gonzaga's sharp shooting off guard, and what she has to do in order to get more playing time next season. 
Before we get there, today's episode is being sponsored by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Sierra Walker. She is now in her sixth season of college basketball. And for those who don't know her story, I'll give it to you here. She played her first three years at Vanderbilt in the SEC before transferring to Gonzaga. But she was, a, she was not a graduate student at the time, so she had to redshirt a year before she was eligible. And then she played as a redshirt senior last year. Now, because of the COVID year, she's taking advantage of her free season, and she's going to play a sixth year of college basketball which means it's also her third year in the Gonzaga program. So she's going to be looked up to for veteran leadership. She's going to start just like she did last season, but her path to playing time, I guess, uh, more playing time or better playing time, more efficient playing time, whatever you want to say, is to be more assertive offensively. She was one of the best players on a pretty bad Vanderbilt team back in 2019, She averaged just under 11 points a game on 40% shooting from deep. She's always been a sharpshooter, and she's always been a great defender. Arguably for Gonzaga, she's their best on-ball defender that they have, and she picks up full court pretty much on every single make, and she just hounds offensive players. Very, very, very good defensively. Tenacious, scrappy as hell on that end of the court. I don't have any issues with her on the defensive end. The biggest issue offensively is that when she came to Gonzaga, she was... Um, used almost exclusively as a jump shooter on offense. And she was awesome at it because that's what she does. Um, she led the team in threes last year. She shot 40.5% from beyond the arc. The problem, to me at least, is that she shot 111 threes and just 45 twos, which led to just 15 free throw attempts. All told, she averaged just 6.5 points a game. Now, with Jill Townsend gone and Jen Worth gone, Leanne Worth gone, she's going to need to step up and score more and become a little bit more dynamic. And it's certainly in her game because she did it at Vanderbilt. Uh, She was a top 30 prospect coming out of high school. But I think because of the Worths and because of Jill Townsend, she kind of just had to take a back seat on last year's roster. She's not going to be a top three scoring option. Now she's got to ride shotgun. She is one of the two returning starters alongside Kaylee Trong, and she's going to have the ball more. Um, you know, she's going to have more ball handling duties. She's going to be relied upon to become a double-figure score for Gonzaga that they desperately need. And the way to do that is to score from all three levels, not just from beyond the arc. This Gonzaga team is not going to be as successful as it can be if she's just stuck as a spot-up shooter again. She's got to drive the ball. She's got to hit mid-range pull-ups. She's got to get to the foul line because she's essentially automatic from there. She shoots 85% plus every single year she's been in college. As we mentioned many times on this podcast, the women's team is looking for multiple players to step up and match those 35 points a game that are being left behind by both the Worths and Jill Townsend. Sierra Walker, the very, very logical 
guard candidate to pick up uh, you know 10 to 12 points a game. She's a veteran, she's a leader, and she's hungry enough to play her extra season to prove just how good she can really be as a leading scorer. Okay, that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow we will be back to the men's side, and we're going to be talking about Caden Perry, one of the true freshmen of this historic 2021 Gonzaga recruiting class. If he is fully healthy, which we're not totally sure, but all signs point to him being at least somewhat healthy with all the workout videos that he, and pictures that we've seen from him. How can he get rotation minutes this coming season? We'll discuss that tomorrow. Of course, we'll also look back on the 2002 Gonzaga Bulldogs, who had one of the more disrespectful seedings in NCAA tournament history. Before we go today, if you are a baseball fan, betting on the MLB does not have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicap expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please give us a five-star rating, if you will. You can follow me on Twitter at scargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with any questions or comments or anything you want me to talk about on the program, feel free to do so. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody, enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.